Evil Morty becomes president of the Citadel. This is spoilers. This is spoilers. Hey, welcome to spoilers. Oh. Oh. Enthusiastic crew tonight on (laughs) September 11th. Uh, Today we are spoiling Rick and Morty season three, episode seven. And with me today we have Josh from Goshen. What's up, Josh? Hey, yo. And Stevie from Mishawaka. Stevie, what'd you think about the episode? I loved it. I think it's probably one of the stronger ones of the whole season. I've been saying that a lot after every episode besides Pickle Rick. So <laughs> pretty excited to talk about this one. What'd you think, Josh? I loved it. Uh, a weird Rick and Morty where they didn't really rely on humor to drive the episode. Not only that, they didn't rely on Rick and Morty the traditional Rick and Morty. Yeah, they use different Ricks and Rick and Mortys. So uh, Which are really completely different people. But Yeah. So this episode takes place in the Citadel where all of the Ricks and Mortys have like formed a society and uh For some reason None of them want a <laughs> wife and kids. They just want all men Rick and Mortys. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it uh we have a little opening scene where the our Rick and Morty go on an adventure in Atlantis, but then the uh it cuts to the Eagle song in the city, uh, which is from the movie The Warriors, uh, while we take a view of the, the Citadel. Well, do you guys that music is playing in the background. Right um, now. Yeah, do you wanna just take a second to I mean it's kind of epic you just listen. Let's to rock it. out to it. Yeah. yeah. in the warriors it's from the very last scene where the woman is talking to the microphone saying oops we made a mistake warriors this song's for you <laughs> and it like cues to them on the beach it's a great movie if you haven't seen it but back to rick and morty uh so what the plot of this uh, i guess little romp is and what this episode does so well is it kind of ma- like tight ropes between three main characters in the citadel we have training day Morty my favorite who's a cop we have candidate Morty who turns out to be the evil Morty from season one episode 10 and then we have standby Morty who is a uh, uh, a student at the university and a lot of this episode sort of weaving in and out of those storylines and it'll like transition by using a, a shot of a tv screen uh Stevie you said training day Morty is your favorite uh you want to talk about that plot a little bit yeah um Training Day Morty looks to be way older because he has bags under his eyes and he's also about three times the weight of Morty. <laughs> he looks kind of like your traditional cop. And also, he just looks to be like a broken man. Typical Morty is pretty meek, uh, needs someone to answer to at all times. And Training Day Morty, Cop Morty, is just insane. He's willing to kill other Mortys. He um, works with drug dealers. He He's just the worst. But it's just kind of funny to see a distinction of 
a strong Morty character that's also corrupt, which is totally opposite of what a typical Morty is. Oh, sorry, I, I was expecting- A Rick partner? Lesson one, rookie. Expect the unexpected. Now get in. Morty's our human! Get the f- off the car, you rickless f***ing animal! Well, Pappy, you, you named three main characters, but you didn't name any Ricks. Why is that? Well, we'll get there. The the Mortys kind of drive the plot in this, because like with Training Day Morty, there's a. Uh, I thought the main character Rick. in that subplot was actually the sidekick Rick. Well, you want to talk about him, Josh? What is he? I mean, he's side- playing like the Training Day character. He's like in over his head. Yeah, and actually, the the Morty who's training him ends up with a bullet through his head and like ejected into space by the end. And- well, he deserved it. He's kind of like an Uncle Tom, <laughs> Morty. <laughs> He's an Uncle Tom. Yeah, he's like a corrupt police Yellow guy, shirt. and he's like sticking his gun in people's mouths and like blowing you up buildings. Animal. I'll show you how to paint a wall. <laughs> I loved it when they were driving through Morty Town, and he's like, Mortys are sidekicks. Without a side to kick, Mortys just aren't kicking. No Ricks, no families, high up their asses and running amok. Mortys are raised to be sidekicks. Without a side to kick... They just start kicking. <laughs> this, will, this will be something we come back to, too. I just want to mention first is that this is all Justin Rowland just talking to himself. How amazing is that? And then the fact that you can, like, distinguish between the different Ricks and different Mortys just ever so slightly, like, it's pretty incredible. But <laughs> There's one kind of nod to that in the episode where there's one Morty, like, lamenting that he's the dramatic Morty and he doesn't like it. And one of the other Mortys consoles him and says, Slick, that implant isn't who you are, okay? You also roll up your sleeves. So there's like tons <laughs> of like really minuscule things. And they, they're all the same, but they're all different. So let's, yeah, let's bring it back though to the training day Morty. So Josh, you're going to talk a little bit about the the Rick who's associated with that plot line. Yeah, I thought he was the main character because he's, uh, oh, who plays him in training day? Uh, Ethan Hawke. Yeah, Ethan Hawke. And he's like kind of naive and he doesn't want to break any rules. And um, he he's kind of a cliffhanger because he's still alive at the end of the episode. And you're wondering like where he's going to go from because he was cleared of all his would-be charges. I don't know. Is there anything else you wanted to get out of that, Rick, Pat? No, I think that's pretty much it. And the, and these guys kind of tell the, the story of the underbelly of the Citadel. They they deal with like a, a, a pimp... Drug Lord character or uh, Morty at the creepy Morty uh, <laughs> strip club, um, and then he gets arrested and is ultimately let go because of what happens to uh, candidate Morty. But I don't want to skip over the weird side plot that is uh, Stand by Morty. Uh, I think oh, like Stand by Me. Stand yes. by. Me. Oh, there okay. you go. I was like, who the heck was he talking about? Got it. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Well, Josh, you want to talk a little bit about Stand By Morty and what what happens with that plot? <laughs> Four Mortys, all with their distinguishing figure. Like, one has glass. One a lizard. <laughs> One's I don't fat. Know, they're going on, like, a mythical uh, journey to, like, some unknown space. And they're just, like, all these are, like, little parodies of movies, I think. And at the end dramatic morty who i talked about a little bit earlier actually throws himself into the void and the guys wonder if maybe he'll be okay and landed somewhere safe and then it's revealed that that's just a big rick and morty trash dump garbage dump stand back 
<laughs> they thought it was a wishing well, and Fat Morty threw his panini maker in it. One of my favorite scenes of this plotline, though, was the uh, beginning when they're in like the Morty school and they're all kind of like establishing their characters. But then you have a uh, what they call him like Tall Morty, but it's really like the stupid Rick. <laughs> the Rick. What does Rick he say? was so dumb, he was a Morty. Did, did I graduate this time yet? You never know. <laughs> but yeah, I guess that that plot's just kind of there to show the day-to-day life. And, and another one that I, I, I guess I kind of forgot about was the Willy Wonka parody. <laughs> yeah. Where uh, this one Rick is working, he's just like basically pushing jobs and or buttons and making uh, candy bars. Um it's introduced through a commercial, which is very uh, RoboCopy. But uh, Steve, you want to talk about what happens with his plot and what he, what he ends up doing to his boss? Okay, you talking about the Simple Rick candy bar? Yes. <laughs> so Simple Rick, it comes on with a commercial that might or might not be voiced by Sam Elliott, who did the the intro to the Big Lebowski. For those who don't know. Um, he's talking about this Rick is just a simple man. He, he How he works with like wood and all he does is love his daughter. His name is Simple Rick, but he's no dummy. He realized long ago that the greatest thing he'd ever create was his daughter. I love daddy! And they have this Rick that's kind of like matrixed in the back of the head going on a constant loop, reliving the same day with his daughter that secretes like happy fluid from his like brain into like a jar and that's what they use a spray on the candy bars i mean did you guys get that from that yeah it's really odd it's like a drug to make yeah. ricks feel good in the form of a candy bar so i guess it's like an edible and right I mean, their tagline like is this... something like capturing the sense of fulfillment you'll never feel or something <laughs> <laughs> and like this uh story arc also kind of captured like the uh how the society of Ricks just can't work because they're all geniuses outside of Tall Rick. Um, and they have, like, really smart people doing really mundane jobs, and it's driving them nuts. And during the Morty speech, uh, our Rick through this one just snaps and murders his boss and kind of barricades himself in, uh, I, I forget what chamber they called it, but it was pretty much like the secretion chamber. Well, he, yeah, he was, like, holding that rick that was matrix style simple rick hostage yeah like his pituitary glands were like spitting out the drug that they're spraying on the candy bar but <laughs> yeah and so then to finish out like willy wonka character rick is like oh yeah like we're gonna give him the life he wants he has served a mundane job for a long time and then and maybe kind of a knockoff to robocop again he shoots him in the head like right as he's had his high point and he's the new guy. Can you explain that, Pappy? He it gets really meta here, I think. They matrixed him. Well yeah, because <laughs> he becomes the guy in the commercial saying that he had that one moment of freedom and that now he secretes the new <laughs> ingredient to the candy bar. There you go. It's very much a Robocop. Like this episode is such a mashup of so many movies, like Willy Wonka and Robocop in one plot line, but we but haven't really talked about it. It stands about... alone, though. Like, it doesn't feel forced in, in a way. What this episode does so well is, like, the transitions between the stories. Like, like I said, like, one of them is, like, the, the Morty parade, which, like, kind of shows that, like, the Mortys are, like, taking pride. Then, like, twice they do, like, a TV transition. Once in the, uh, uh, 
you think he's like a drug dealer rick but he ends up being like a plasma gun uh counterfeit guy rick that guy we talked about yeah <laughs> like, and then i transition like with the speech in the tv and they do the same thing in the bar too which they're like really efficient in their storytelling and how they like move between these stories i think there's also some shout outs to house of cards um when that one like reporter election campaign worker morty uh tries to assassinate evil morty and then he gets like sent out like he has all those like papers and documents and he gets ejected into space i don't know if you guys remember house of cards but season one i have not seen one episode of house of cards but i do not care if you do any spoilers i've missed my window yeah well season one culminates with like the main reporter chick kind of being killed in a i mean she's not ejected into space but you might say that she gets ejected into something right pat it would be a lot cooler if she did get ejected into space (laughs) <laughs> anyway back to rick and morty <laughs> i haven't seen many episodes of house of cards but kevin spacey throws her in front of a train and it's like kind of like she's like the altruistic trying to get to the bottom of it and you're surprised she dies and they're kind of playing that morty you know he he found out something and was trying to like do a good deed and he's like forever tarnished but yeah so the, the candidate morty's uh plot in a nutshell is he has this like mediocre rise he's like interviewing all the sick mornings at the hospital he ends up killing it at the debate like blowing all the ricks out of the water and then uh he fires his campaign manager and then one thing i had a question for you guys is so uh the fired uh campaign manager morty goes to a bar and then some rick gives him information on the uh candidate morty uh, which turns out to be that he's evil Morty. And we see that at like the very end of the episode, but like who, which Rick do you think that was? Like, do you think that's relevant at all? Another please with less water. Hey, cheer up, pal. A Morty's going to be president. Imagine this kisser getting blamed for everything. I guess I should have had more faith. It's not faith you need. It's fear. What's this? It's secrets. What do you think it is? Look at how I'm dressed. Having taken aim at the system, are you afraid at all for your safety? I'd rather live in hope than fear. If I had to fear anything, I'd fear other people being afraid of fear itself. But no, I'm not afraid. I think they kind of made fun of it when he was like, "Who are like, what or who are you?" And he's like, "I'm a leak. Look what I'm wearing," and like just walks away. I don't think he was any like important, Rick. And also, I'm actually I have this this episode playing in the background right now. And when they show all the dead people floating around in space, that Rick is actually among them. Oh, jeez! <laughs> so, they show like everyone too, don't they? Like they show the cop and yeah, they show Training Day Morty for sure, which is kind of cool. But do you think this is, uh, for lack of a better term, like the X Files had the Smoking Man, and in the middle of like just standalone episode, they'd kind of return to a thread? Do you think this is if? If Rick and Morty go, you know, like five or six more seasons, do you think this evil Morty and like the Citadel is like that main thread that kind of ties well, the, the whole series together? The of this season is called the Morty Churian Candidate or something along those lines. And the plot description is Rick goes toe to toe with the president. Yeah. So they're like uh, probably going to finish out this uh, story arc pretty soon, I imagine. Did you not like the. Uh continuity the three thread josh 
No, I do. I do like it, but I guess what I'm confused about is this episode ended and I got the feeling that it was such a... The episode was like so on an island from every other episode I've seen that I wonder if they almost like threw it in there as almost like a writing exercise. And there may never be an episode like this one again. But I do think that they'll somehow return to that thread of the Citadel, but probably not told in a way that doesn't include our original Morty and Rick. I don't know if even what I'm saying makes sense because just the concept of a, a whole episode full of dozens of characters that are all Mortys and Ricks gets really confusing really fast. Well, no, I well, did, go, ahead. go ahead. Pat. Well, no, I think it does make sense. But for me, uh, two points. One, I think what I said earlier, like the, the fact that Justin Rowland is able to like slightly vary his voice, like playing within the Morty and Rick themes. Like, so you can like tell a little bit of characterization is amazing. And like, also, even if this is a standalone, it's insanely well crafted. Like it it's is super tight. It it does it feels longer than twenty minutes. Like there's we've talked about this before when we were comparing Rick and Morty and Game of Thrones, but like the character development in this episode alone is amazing. And like even if they are just like, you know, ripping off or making fun of uh movie plots, they're still like developing the characters and like playing within those roles very well. But Steve, what what did you think? Well, I think I don't think this uh, episode really stands on an island at all. I mean, uh, Close Rick Counters of the Rick Kind uh, is one of my favorite episodes. I think this is like a direct follow-up to it. Um, can, you remind, as well uh, as also, can you remind me and the viewers what that episode is that you're referring to? It's where uh, Ricks are getting murdered across the galaxy. And uh, Rick has been like falsely accused of being the one who's doing it. And Rick and Morty go on an adventure to find, uh, through different dimensions while being chased by other Ricks and Mortys, um, to find out who their true mastermind is behind it, and it's Evil Morty. Which is Eyepatch Morty. Which is Eyepatch Morty, which is this Evil Morty. Yeah, so what season and, and episode is that? That's, that's one, season one, episode ten. And at the end of that episode, they play the blonde redhead song for the damaged, and they play the exact yeah, the same, same song. Music. Yeah, the same and like as soon as I heard that, I instantly made the connection. It's a pretty good song. Good vibe. Great vibe. I consider like this like the start of like when Rick and Morty became amazing. That episode, and then also uh, in season an uh, episode one of this season is where like Rick uh, murders the Citadel, and this is like a direct like continuation of that. So, I mean, I think it connects pretty nicely. No, I do. And Pappy, I think I may have come across completely wrong earlier. I I've always thought that like the Smoking Man was really like for X-Files, like, what held that series together. And I think you need a thread like this. That is kind of, like, the ultimate in, of importance. And, like, if this series ever does end with, like, a bow, I think it has to be, like, this plot line. Well, I've only seen a up. handful of X-Files. I've seen, like, the first couple seasons and, and really enjoyed it. But does the Smoking Man plot line ever really come to fruition? Does it really pay off? Yeah. Yeah, but I would say, if you don't know that, think of it as, like, the Rachel and Ross of Friends. There's, like, that one plot line, 
it doesn't need to be talked about every episode at all, but X-Files seems more apt for this one because of how creepy and out there it is. Sorry I brought up Friends. Hey, Josh. <laughs> We're all friends There's on this podcast. Episodes, I'm not mad. And, uh, speaking of that, uh, let's get into our yes or no's. And if you have any final thoughts, go ahead and bring them up. But I'll, I'll kick it off. Um, I'll give this episode a yes. I really think it's one of the more original episodes and I know I say this every week, but I think it really is one of the best because like on your rewatch, like watch how they transition in between scenes and it's so seamless and smart. Like it really blows me away. Like I only watched it like one and a half times, but on my like half rewatch, I was like, wow, they're really smart about how they're like telling the story. So yes, for me, I really think it is one of the best and like glad we're developing, you know, some, overarching plots uh josh i mentioned earlier that it almost seemed like roland and Harmon wanted a writing exercise to see if they could make an episode that used very little humor and they succeeded i i had like a weird feeling in my gut like that same feeling after you watch like a really good movie that like tugs at you emotionally which is like so crazy because it's all about a bunch of rick and morty clones um the soundtrack was like really good even even some of the tracks that weren't like uh like a popular artist i feel like they really relied on the soundtrack to push the mood play the eagles again (laughs) i hate the fucking (laughs) eagles man but yeah it it's definitely a yes and one of the episodes that stands out to me this season this and pickle rick are among my favorite and yeah, Stevie, what about you? Um, this is probably my favorite of the season so far, just because how brilliantly they connected to other episodes. Um, so small Easter eggs. Uh, if you watch it again, when Training Day Morty's driving down the street telling all the Mortys to get away from him, uh, there's a sign that says, um, like, no Mortys exist on purpose, which is one of Mortys' better rants to Summer about how life is just meaningless and there's no purpose to them being there. Uh, I forget. There's some other ones also. Uh, Get Swifty spray painted on the wall. I saw uh, it in the crib scene. Yeah. Yeah, in the crib scene. Um, I I loved how Severus Snape was their professor at the Morty <laughs> school after the Mortys after the Mortys lose their uh, Ricks, so they can be retrained. Uh, I'm trying to think of other little Easter eggs there were that I kind of picked out. I'm sure there's tons more that I'm missing, but uh, definite yes for me. I'd say probably strongest of the season so far. Well, there you have well, it. Pappy, can I do? Yeses. Can I do a quick shout out before we finish things out? Or please do. Uh, there's a Instagram follower underscore m underscore james underscore, and you know who you are. Yeah, I th- I don't think she follows <laughs> us, but what? Uh, Why is she getting a shout out? Well, she she tattooed a spoiler man quote on her like kind of under boob area and i think that deserves a shout out i mean that level of participation is unprecedented so that that's the end of the shout out we have some diehard fans man thanks for listening i think that's all we have take it away spoiler man spoiler man it's lit <laughs>
Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme. And if you enjoyed what you heard today, subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. Please don't forget to leave us a review. That was spoilers. Shit, grandson, you keep me peeling squab squams and slipping nib nibs, I'll lick whatever ain't nailed down. <laughs>